0: amen now it has been a minute since i've had the opportunity to grace this pulpit um and bring you a word my husband already did the introduction part but just so you know my name is Lanita. i had the honor and the privilege of serving on the pastoral staff here at Hungry church wife to james mother to joshua and eden servant of this house and of the most high but the most important designation i could ever have is that i'm a daughter of the king amen for some of y'all, you've had the opportunity to hear me. For others of you, this will be a new experience. I have a note and a request. Cool? All right, the note is this. I'm a storyteller. If you've ever had a conversation with me, you know sometimes it ain't necessarily short. I'm gonna try to keep this one short, that's why I got notes. But I'm a storyteller. So you just bear with me, I do have points. I'm gonna get to the meat of the message, but I'm gonna tell a little story before I get there, okay? Here's my second request, y'all ready? Y'all got to talk back to me. Don't have me up here by myself. If you agree, if you disagree, let me know. Okay? Amen? Amen. Hey. Our scripture, foundational scripture for today is coming from the book of Proverbs. Chapter 4, verse 13. It's a simple word. It says, Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Take hold of instruction. Don't let it go. You work too hard to get it. Guard her, for she is your life. Holy Spirit, Help us to learn what you are teaching. Amen. Amen. Y'all, this is the last first Sunday of 2022. What? How? <laughs> it's December. <laughs> like, where did this whole year go? Blink twice. I promise you, it was just July. It was just August. We was just having that kickball game out over at Aggie Stadium. And now it's December and Christmas trees are up. Like blink twice, blink twice. I am excited because Christmas is around the corner, my favorite holiday. I'm all about the holly jolly. I'm all about decorations. I love twinkling lights. I do, I do, I do, I do. This year marks the 14th Christmas that I've been married to that wonderful man right there. And over all these years, we've learned a little about a little bit about each other's family traditions and preferences, okay? Here's an example. I come from a family. Here, side note. These wonderful people that I'm about to talk about are here today. But they did not know that they were a part of my story. The reactions that you get have not been scripted but they're gonna be coming to you real and live. Y'all ready? All right, all right, all right. I come from a family, from a mother, who starts listening to Christmas music in November and she don't care what you got to say about it. She don't care. Have a holly jolly Christmas, y'all. We three kings of Orient are. Oh, holy night. Turn on the radio and it says, in my mind. But then I have my in loves, because they're not my in laws, <laughs> they're my parents. Yes. <laughs> Who are very um, <laughs> resolute that their preference is that Thanksgiving gets its day. And you are not supposed to put up anything red, green, twinkling, or otherwise until after you've had that turkey. <laughs> right. <laughs> After 14 years of marriage, I have learned to keep the peace. (laughs) So our compromise is this. As soon, as soon as we have finished that plate, packed up them leftovers and loaded them into the refrigerator, y'all bring my containers out. Bring my crates out. I was throwing up trees while the football game was on. I waited. I waited. But now it's time. It's go time. We about to do this. Christmas, okay? This year, as I pulled those crates out and I started taking the tops off the boxes and exploring what's in there, because sometimes you forget what you have in the box, because it's been a long time since you put them in there, I was pleasantly surprised. I found Post-it notes in there. Little reminders and how-tos to myself of what was supposed to go where. And I was impressed, y'all. I was impressed by 2021 Lanita because 2021 Lanita was trying to give 2022 Lanita a solid. She was gonna be like, you gonna forget (laughs) which piece of garland goes where, what angel goes here, how you organize all this stuff here, there, and yonder. So I left myself a note before I packed it all away last year. And this year when I pulled it out, I said, okay, Lanita, Misspelled words and all. Terrible handwriting, but I was in a hurry. I said, let me get myself a note before I put this away. Because here's the thing. Even as I was taking down my Christmas and my winter decorations in January of this year, I knew that the holiday would come again. It would not be a one-time isolated event. And I wanted to prepare. I wanted to set myself up for success. I didn't want to relive frustrations of previous years. I wanted to learn from the experiences that I had had in previous years so that I would have an easier go of it when I encountered it again. For the past two months, we've been in a sermon series called, Ooh, Hungry Y'all Can Do Better Than That. For the past two months, we've been in a sermon series called It Is, where we've been looking at periods of time in our lives where particular things happen and what we can learn from those experiences. We started out with a definition of seasons way back at the beginning of October, and over the successive weeks, we've broken down the various seasons you may experience in life. Seasons of preparation, seasons of letting go, Seasons of harvest, seasons of homecoming, seasons of renewal and refreshing, seasons where you have to fight, and seasons where you ought to give thanks. Now, if you've missed any of these, you are welcome to go check out our YouTube page or our podcast stream, wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcast, and you can find those recordings. Today, I'm here to wrap up this series. To put a bow on it. And my approach isn't what to do in a particular season, rather, it is what to take from the season. Now, I'm going to be really upfront with you. I got one point. When? When? We're going to keep it easy. Get in, get out. It is this: it is a simple truth. Seasons are cyclical, most of them aren't one-offs. They aren't solitary, isolated incidents or events. Many of the seasons that we experience will come around again. Nature reminds us of this every year. Winter, spring, summer, fall. You don't have to guess what comes next, winter. (laughs) Spring, summer, fall. Does it do it again? Winter, spring, summer, fall. There's cycles to life. The Bible echoes this as well. Look at the seasons, the experiences that Solomon Highlighted for us in the foundational text of this series, which is found in Ecclesiastes 3, Old Testament. In my Bible, this scripture has the header, a time for everything. Let's go through. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn. A time to dance. A time to cast away stones. And then a time to gather them up. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Let me focus on a few of those cycles. Go to to verse two. A time to plant and a time to harvest. Planting and harvesting really isn't a one-time thing. There's a cycle to it. If you garden at all, you learn What seeds you should plant when, right? Um, Don't plant corn in February. Uh, Don't plant collard greens in the dead of summer. (laughs) No. (laughs) Different things work better in different seasons. Different things work better in different soils. Different things produce different kinds of a harvest, How do you learn these things? By doing it. Consider the lessons that you learn from a farmer. He would be a fool not to take into account the hard-earned wisdom gained from last year's crop as he starts to prepare for this year's planting. He considers which crops were most profitable, which land was most viable, which conditions were more amenable. Which employees were most valuable? And he'll weave those lessons into his game plan for the next year so that he could build upon his success. What if it isn't a corporation? What if it isn't my livelihood? You know, I'm from the country. Okay. Um, and my dad, who is with us this morning, my parents, mom and dad, mother-in-law, love, father-in-law. Brother-in-law, cousin, thank you for joining us this morning. Um, He always had a garden, so when we got our first little house, I decided I want to have a little garden, too. You know what I'm saying? I ain't had much, much, no, I was like this, this little square right here in the backyard in suburbia of Greensboro over in Adams Farm, okay? Ain't no tobacco back there or corn. Had a couple of neighbors who was trying to grow some corn. I'm like, what you doing? (laughs) It's crazy. So the first year, I was like, well, what are the things that my dad grows in his garden? He always has some string beans, some lima beans, even though I hate them things. Collard greens, sweet potatoes. Every once in a while, they'll throw out there a pumpkin or a watermelon or something like that. And I said, well, I don't have a whole lot of space, but maybe I'll put out some string beans. Y'all. They grew, and I had a harvest. Seven string beans. What can you do with seven string beans? even do a thing even if you were to snap them clean them cook them that's like two forkfuls and that's it <laughs> i thought to myself i said self the next time you do this you should probably reconsider what you plant i should probably plant a crop where the yield in and of itself even if it's ones or twos or threes would be sufficient to do something with so the next year i did it i planted squash and cucumbers and green peppers because even if you just have two green peppers you can do something with that even if you just have two zucchini, you can do something with that. There ain't nothing you can do with two string beans but be frustrated. Let's keep going. Verse six there's a time to keep and a time to cast away. Over time, you learn what is worth holding on to and what you need to let go of. And over time, your perspective of what is valuable enough for you to keep and what really has served its purpose will morph and change. Have any of you ever moved? Do it one or two good times and you'll soon realize what you own that is a value and what you own that you don't wanna own no more cause you don't wanna move it no more. <laughs> I am not packing up that box. If it is still in the box from the last time you moved, by the time you get ready to move the next time, let that go. There's a time to keep, and there's a time to cast away. Those magazines from 2005 ain't worth it. (laughs) Them shoes that you ain't looked at for seven years aren't worth it. Those outdated textbooks from undergrad 20 years ago, they ain't even relevant anymore. Let that go. Why are you lugging it around? (laughs) The same is true for, uh, those are for physical things. The same is true for emotional baggage. That bitterness about that job that you didn't get, let that go. That anger you got because somebody said something to your face some kind of way and you won't feel any of that, let it go. They have moved on, you're the one who's stuck. Let it go. There's a time to keep and a time to cast away. Verse 7, there's a time to keep silent and a time to speak. There's a time to keep silent, don't mind if I do, and a time to speak. Do you know that every thought that comes to your mind does not need to come out of your mouth? It don't. We have a 9-year-old and a 12-year-old, and y'all, this is the lesson of this season. Everything you think, you don't have to say. Sometimes you just need to hold on to that, and my son is like, right. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. My children, all kids, have a boldness, but sometimes they lack tact. They have volume, but they don't have an understanding or have full emotional intelligence to know when to say something and when not to say something, right? That's a skill that you learn and you pick up, but as you learn that, you need to hold on to that. Now, on the flip side, sometimes there are times when you need to find your voice and speak up. You've been silent too long. The Holy Spirit, you know, is pressing upon you to open up your mouth and say something. And you're like, but it's more comfortable not to say something. There's a time to be silent. But there is a time to speak. We talked about verse 2, verse 6, verse 7. Let me break these down for you another way. Sometimes life offers you experience. This is the farmer. When to plant and when not to, when to harvest. Experience is lessons in how to do something better or how to optimize a situation. Sometimes life offers you perspective. Lessons on what is worth it. And what isn't worth it? Should you keep that or should you cast it away? And sometimes, beloved, life offers you discernment. Lessons on when and where. An innate understanding of a moment and how you should operate within it. Experience. Perspective. Discernment. Sometimes life gives you lessons in all three at the same time. Any of y'all watch soccer? Been listening about it, right? You know, I watch soccer every four years, bless. And now it's the time because it's the World Cup. And I cheer for the American team. I want Team USA to go do well and go far, go stars and stripes, right? The World Cup happens every four years. It's on a cycle. And there are still many matches yet to come, but Team USA won't be in there because they got bounced from the competition yesterday by the Dutch. But I was reading an article about the experience of the team and yesterday's loss, and one of the players had an interesting, a telling, a poignant quote. He said, we don't want to feel like this again. He and the team were making a pledge born from the lessons that they were learning in real time. This, this disappointment, this fatigue, this, oh shucks, I wanted to do better. This, we don't want to feel this again. Sometimes the best lessons in life come from that sentiment. I don't want to feel like this again. Okay, what you gonna do about it? Again, if you're wise, you should learn from prior seasons and those should help you up. They sh- those should help govern your approach when you see it again. Cause you're gonna see it again. The US men's team is no longer playing in the 2022 World Cup, but the 2026 World Cup is here in North America. And they will be playing again. And they've already said out loud, we don't want to experience this again. So we're going to learn the lessons that we need to learn now. We're going to apply those lessons as we train and as we prepare for the next four years. So when we have another opportunity, we can take the lessons learned the first time and apply it when we see it again. Remember, seasons are cyclical. They aren't one-offs or solitary events. Many of the seasons we experience will come around again. So beloved, what is the point of going through something if you aren't gonna learn from it? Don't let your tears be in vain. Don't let your headache be in vain. Don't let the stupid tax that you had to pay. I hate paying stupid tax. Stupid tax is when I get a speeding ticket. I've never got one, but it's by the grace of God. Okay. Stupid tax is when I forget to make a payment on time. Stupid tax is when <laughs> you're like, "Oh, this was, you know, a, the early bird discount rate is at this, and when you go past that date, you got to pay ten dollars more." I knew when the early bird date ended, but I just didn't get it on my calendar. I didn't get myself, a, so now I got to pay ten dollars more for the same experience. That's stupid tax to me. Like I hate paying stupid tax. <laughs> What's the point of going through something if you're not going to learn from it when you see it again? Proverbs 26 verses 11 and 12, like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Like you read that and you're like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that's would be your reaction when you don't learn from it the first time. You're like, this is the same nasty, nasty, nasty that I left here the first time. Why well, I got to deal with this again. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Remember when you were in school and your teacher or a professor or the instructor would go through the information and then they would give you this signal. They would say out loud, remember this. Take note of this information. What would they say? You going to see this again. You're going to see this again. And if you were smart, you would pull out your highlighter and you would circle it in your notes, right? You would put a star behind it, a bold underline, because you knew that it was going to be on the test. You knew it was going to be on the test. It would credit you to learn it well. You're going to see it again. Life teaches you these lessons, too. So we have a 12-year-old, our son Joshua. He's in sixth grade. He just started middle school, and he's blossoming. He's doing, he's finding what his interests are. Now, he has nerdy parents, and so his interests are nerdy. (laughs) Yesterday morning, we spent from 8 o'clock a.m. to afternoon at a middle school chess tournament. He did. He's a part of the chess club. He enjoys it. Cool. I used to play chess with my brother. Like, he got it honest. (laughs) There were five matches that the students went through over the course of the tournament. Now, he took an L on the first one. He won his second match. He got a checkmate. But he did not realize, and thus he did not do what he was supposed to do when he got a checkmate. He was supposed to go and inform the judge when they reconvened together in the gymnasium so that he could get credit for his victory. He didn't. He was just excited that he won. He came bebopping back in there. And then when they called him for round three, he went bebopping back into the cafeteria because that's where the games were being played and sat down for his next match. But because he did not alert the judge of his win, he had to forfeit it. Nana, don't fight. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, <laughs> um, i think he he won one other match he no he won two other matches right but he learned from the experience in round two and made sure he came back to tell the judge when he won round three i think he lost round four and he won round five technically he had three wins but he only got credit for two And I saw it all over my child's face because at the end of the event, they had the award ceremony. And they would tell you that third place for each of the grade levels were those who had gotten three to three and a half points. And if he had gotten credit, just calm down, Nana. If he had gotten credit for that game that he had won, but he didn't know to tell the judge, he probably would have gotten a medal. He was okay. I think I felt more about it than he felt about it. He was resolved and resolute because you know what? There's another chess tournament in April. We already marked it on our calendar and I know next time to bring a whole lot of books because it's really boring for the parents even though it's really exciting for the kids. And I said, (laughs) James asked him when we were leaving, he said, what did you learn from experiencing and going through your first chess tournament today? And, And he said five things. Four of them were about chess moves. I think one of the things that he learned was that he's better at it than he thought he was because he was a little nervous about going in the first place. He's like, I don't know how I'm going to do. When he walked out of there, he learned that he was better at chess than he thought he was because he had to put some pressure on it. But the number one lesson that he learned was I need to make sure if I win my match to alert the judge. I promise you, in April, he won't make that same mistake. The cycles and lessons of life should work the same way. Take note of what you've learned. Learn it, and learn it well. Don't be the fool who repeats his folly from Proverbs 26. Let's put it into spiritual terms. What I want to tell you is not to have amnesia. If you've learned the power of gratitude and thankfulness, take notes. Make that a part of your everyday life, your regular repertoire, not just something that happens as a one-off or a one-time thing. If you've learned the power of gratitude, of opening up your mouth and saying thank you, whether that's a thank you to God or a thank you to someone else, we listen through about seasons of thankfulness. We see the example of the leper. Ten of them were healed, but only one came back to say thank you. What should you learn from that? Take notes. Take notes. If you've had to learn in your life that God is a sustainer, take notes because there will be a time when you're looking at your bank account and you're like, um, hmm, how's this going to do? How's this going to work? You have to remember the testimonies, tap them and file them away in your heart. And when life makes it seem like it's being really lifey right now, you have a memory. You have a testimony. God has done this for me before, thus I know that he can do it for me again. Take notes. Cause the enemy will lie to you. He lies. Well, I see God is not providing for you yet again. That's not the lesson that you were supposed to learn from that. The lesson that you were supposed to learn from that was when I did not have, I did have because God came through. So when the enemy starts to poke on that soft spot on you or wherever you happen to be tender and sore, you can look him dead in the face and say, not my God. Because you remember the lesson that you learned before and you can apply it when you see it again. If you've learned the downside and the drawbacks of ignoring a season of renewal and refreshing, take notes. Stop trying to run on E all the time. Y'all talking about stepping on your toes. I'm stepping on my own. Realize when your attitude is a little salty, it may be because your well has run dry and you're trying to function off the dregs of yesterday's word and yesterday's worship. Get in his presence. Get some rest. Take a nap. Tell people that you will respond to their message tomorrow. It will still be there. Breathe. Stop running on E and expect to function at a high level. Take notes. And beloved, if you've had to learn how to fight, I promise you, you're going to see that again. Take notes. This time he lied to me this way, but God showed me this truth. So when he tries to come with them same old worn out, tired lies the next time, pull up your notes and say, "Uh uh-uh, that's not who I am. God said this about me. Uh Uh-uh, that's not what I have to endure. God has already taken care of this for me. Oh, no, that is not the promise, that sinking sand that I'm stamping on. I'm standing on this promise that God has given me. It has worked before and it will work again. Beloved, take don't let the cycle trip you up when you see it again Proverbs 4 verse 13 keep hold of instruction do not let go guard it for it is your life now It's not on you always to figure out what the lesson is. God gave us the Holy Spirit. He is a teacher, a counselor, and a guide. There's also this. God will always give you wisdom if you ask for it. Go to him. James 1 and 5, I quote this scripture often. If any of you lack wisdom. Let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. You don't have to sit there and say, God, what is the lesson from this? I don't know. I went through this season, I went through this circumstance, I went through this situation. As you do your post-mortem, as you do your, you know, stop, start, continue exercise, whatever you call on it, as you journal about it, as you think about it, as you tell the story to your homegirls or to your homeboys, when you sit in your own quiet, personal time and reflect on what you've just been through, what is the lesson that you were supposed to take from that? Now, let me also caution you in this. Make sure you learn the right lesson. Make sure you learn God's lesson. Because sometimes the enemy will sit there and try to give you a counterfeit lesson. That ain't what you were supposed to learn from that. Does the lesson that you learned from that thing line up with the word of God? Because if it doesn't, that wasn't the lesson that you were supposed to learn from that. Sometimes you'll have the world giving you all kinds of counterfeit lessons in your ear. Don't trust nobody. That's not the lesson, beloved. You were supposed to learn from that. No new friends. Mm, That's not the lesson. (laughs) Probably. Probably. That you were supposed to learn from that. Early I used the example of hearing a teacher say, remember this point. Because you're going to see it on the test. And how wise it would be for you to have a highlighter. So that you can underline and circle and star that section in your notes. But it's also important that you don't highlight the wrong thing. Give God the highlighter. And ask him to mark up your life story so that you learn from your situation. You learn from that circumstance. You learn from that cycle what it is that he would have you to learn. Amen? All right. I told y'all I was not going to be before you, but too long. I have three final points. Sometimes the lesson that you learn is for future you. Each of us could probably teach a masterclass on the things that we've been through and what we've learned from it, the things that life has taken us through, the things that we had to go to God and say, Lord, I need you, I need you, I need you, I need you to teach me, to show me, to open a door, to close the door, to make a way. My encouragement to you is to learn it well. Highlight the right things. Edit out the parts that won't benefit you in the future. Your future, you will thank you. Beloved, sometimes the lesson may not even be for you. It may be for future generations. Earlier I said that what's the point of going through a lesson if you don't learn from it? But also know that sometimes the lesson that you learn is not for you, but for those around you. This is another thing I'm trying to teach my son right now as we experience middle school. If I had one regret, I probably have two regrets from my undergrad years. One is that I never studied abroad, mm, maybe one day. But I did not avail myself to office hours the way that I should have. I thought office hours were for if you were like struggling and you didn't know the material and I felt like I knew the material, so why should I go to office hours? I needed to go to office hours so that I would know the professor and the professor would know me. In a class of a hundred, a hundred and fifty, they don't know me. They don't even know my name when they see it on the test. But if I go to office hours, they're like, you're Lenita, you're the girl who sits in the third row with, the, with, the, with all the office supplies because y'all know pens make me happy. Yes. That, that's who you are. Tell me about yourself. What is it that you aspire to do? What is it that you wanna do with this? Are there practical applications for the lessons that you're learning, this theory that you're learning in class that we can talk through and how you can apply that to your goals, dreams, and aspirations? I should have gone to office hours. And so I tell my son, tutoring, you're doing fine in math, go anyway. (laughs) That's a lesson that I learned that I wanna pass on to future generations. Lenita, is it in the Bible? You know it is. Earlier, we talked about Proverbs 4.13, but it's instructive to start at the beginning of that chapter. Let's go to the start of Proverbs 4. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. For I too was a son to my father, still tender and cherished by my mother. I've been where you are, is what he's saying. Then he taught me and he said to me, take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding." And do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake the wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost you all you have, get understanding. Cherish her and she will exalt you. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. How do you gain wisdom from things that you haven't experienced yet? Know that there's somebody around you who probably has. Get a mentor. Get a discipler. Reject the lie of the enemy that you got to figure it out by yourself. You don't. It's like David said in Psalm 37, 25. I don't think this one's in the notes. He said, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. You sitting there trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out. You can just ask somebody who's been through it before, and they can give you the perspective that you're lacking. They can give you the perspective that you might not have yet. You can use their experiences as a roadmap to guide you along and to avoid the the pitfalls and the stumbling blocks that they've already had to learn their way around. You don't have to fall in the same pit. Don't. Don't. And if you are the one with that learning and with that wisdom, be generous in testifying and sharing what it is that you have learned about God along the way. I've been young, and now I'm old. That sounds like my testimony. I've been young. (laughs) Now I'm old. Some days I feel old. Be purposeful about seeking out ways that you can grow in your faith, wisdom, and knowledge. Attending church for Sunday service is a great start, but you can take it a step further. Even within this house, that's why we have Turn Up Tuesday, y'all. We have an amazing time. It is fun, but we study the word. We learn from each other. And we make relationships and connections so that when you're going through, you can be like, wait a minute. I heard somebody say that they had gone through something similar. Can I talk to you? I promise you there's nobody in there who's going to be like, nah, learn on your own. No. We want to see you succeed. We want to see you grow. We want to see you thrive. We want to see you have established deep roots in the Lord so that when the winds of life come, because they will, you know. You're not out here floating along in the wind by yourself. You don't have to do that. It's not necessary. Here's my third and final point. Life's lessons are also often successive. Each lesson builds on the other. Now, Lanita of 2021 probably decided to write that note that I put in my Christmas decorations about which piece of the Christmas decor goes where because it was such a hot mess that I pulled out from what Lanita of 2020 packed away. (laughs) Let me put it to you this way. In 2020, I got the crates for the Christmas decorations and I just kind of threw it all in there. So when I opened it up in 2021, I was like, what is this? And I had to spend more time and more effort than was necessary to try to figure out what was going on. But I knew that Christmas was gonna come again so I took notes when I opened up the crates in 2022 the blessings the lessons that I had learned in seasons past were there to guide me to give me direction and perspective to let me know where I should start and where I should not start learning from what you've been through beloved is a sign of growth and maturity learning from what you've been through beloved is a sign of growth and maturity i said it before what is the point of going through something if you aren't going to learn from it how do we navigate the seasons that we find ourselves in when everything around you seems like it's changing or shifting you go back to that thing that will never change will never shift will never let you down that is the Lord God our sustainer God our provider God our instructor God our savior God our friend don't trip over what's behind you Let God use it to teach you. Holy Spirit, help us to understand, to file away, to learn well the lessons that you are teaching us. Father, help us not to have amnesia. Help us not, help us not to forget your benefits. So glad you could join us for today's worship. We hope that you will visit us again, follow us on our social media platforms, and if today's message was a blessing for you, you can go to our Hungry Church YouTube page and watch the service again and even share it with your friends. Be blessed and stay hungry.